Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Alex. And if you're ready to unlock conversations where you can be wholeheartedly yourself, then come on in. Okay, perfect. Okay. I'll just do a little, um, we've been in my somatic school modules, we've been doing this practice called orientation, which is very simple. Mm-hmm. It's not even like you don't need to close your eyes. You don't need to be transported anywhere else because the whole purpose of it is just for your body, your nervous system to know that it's right here, right now. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Oh, cool. If Let's you just, do it. Uh, Get comfortable in your seat. And the whole um, the whole point is ease. So you don't need to sit up straight. You don't need to do anything in particular. Whatever feels easy. If it feels easy for you to get up and move around, that's totally fine too. So um, whenever you've reached just a, a point of ease, just allow the eyes to just find a spot in the room around you, anywhere they fall. And then just allow them to drift wherever they want to. So see if you can remove the consciousness out of your eyesight. There's no need to move your head. No need to decide where to look next. But just to allow the eyes to drift. And if they find a spot that's pleasing to the eye for whatever reason, or if they just want to rest... Just allow them to rest there. And then when they want to move, you can move. Just allow the environment around you, the room around you to exist as it is right now. Allow it to communicate with your body the way it communicates right now, the colors, the shapes. And then bring in sound, allow sound to just communicate with you, however it needs to communicate. They don't have to be nice noises. They don't have to be enjoyable or pleasurable. It's just whatever is right in your environment right now, allow it to meet you. And then invite touch, whatever is your is touching you right now, the clothes around you, the seat beneath you, allow that to exist. And as you allow what is to exist, see if you can orientate yourself slightly towards pleasure. So if you noticed anything that was pleasing to the eye or you noticed a sound that was pleasing or a touch that was enjoyable just bring in the sensations of that notice what it is pleasurable about it Whenever you're ready, whenever it stops being pleasurable or whenever the sensation moves on, allow it to drift away. 
And then you can orientate yourself to this screen, to me, to this voice, to this moment. There you go. Thank you. That was lovely. Mm, it's nice, isn't it? Because it just removes the, the doing out of meditation or visualization. Um, and I always do find that after an orientation practice, it, there is a calmness. There's a calmness mm -hmm. that's present, that's there, that wasn't there previously, despite the fact that you haven't created calm. Your nervous system has just gone, oh, here I am. Yeah, like tapping into what's already here rather than trying to cultivate something or create something. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so good. Yeah. How's the course going? Are you enjoying it? Yes. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's it's hard in terms of time wise, um, learning wise. I've been out of a school based environment for such a long time that it feels really strange to have to show up for something at specific times. And then do certain move through like a, a format, a structure that's taught. Um, and because most of the things that I've studied over the last couple of years have been self-taught or at least like self um, self-led in terms of when and where you do the learning. Yeah. And so this is a little strange to have to be like, OK, it's class time now. Show up <laughs> school. Oh, nice. though. nice to have that like structure around it and someone else like guiding the learning like being like here's what's next like imagine that's quite relaxing for your nervous system rather than just I can learn anything and in any way anytime <laughs> yeah and you know I probably I probably would have drifted away from it by now I know that's one of my toxic traits as a human is I start <laughs> something and then I move away from it or it never quite reaches a completion point and so it does feel really nourishing to be doing something that I know I'm going to get to the end to because I have to so yeah <laughs> reassuring so good I love it well should we talk about just what's present for us this week just yeah. whatever whatever is coming up no agenda absolutely just whatever's there um do you already have something well let me let's my voice is a it's taken <laughs> five minutes of this so why don't we go for you first is there anything that's present for you right now that you want to speak out loud yeah, so um, I've been working on my website and as you know, every time I uh, change, grow, learn something new, there is the outward manifestation of a new website, which I still don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing because it means I've had five websites in five years, which... <laughs> Well, and that but, also means you've had five manifestations of yourself which is yeah. quite interesting <laughs> yes oh my gosh yes but I and that's such a beautiful thing to see because I've been feeling like it's okay if this website's like not the final expression but I also have a sense that I'm going to feel less 
um, desire to change it with new realizations because of the way I've been writing it and building it this time I think Mm -hmm. in the past it's been okay let me just let me just try and describe through this website um what I've learned who I am in this this time and you know what I'm seeing more and more clearly is that I'm always going to change like that's always going to change and so um the website if it's an expression of that, then the website is always going to need to change to reflect it. Um, so this time I'm doing it quite differently and I'm not really writing in the way that I have before. Mm-hmm. And what I'm noticing with that is the, um, the patterning and the conditioning. And like, I already know that I want to write it in a particular way that's different to how I've done before, but I find myself like falling into these learned patterns, behaviors, ways of writing. And it's, it's wild. It's been wild to watch that. It's been wild to watch how like consciously I know I want to do it a different way, but yet there is this um, seemingly uncontrollable part of me that is writing in ways that I've been taught. And it's crazy to witness. (laughs) Do you feel it in the moment? Like, do you, do you only notice it after you've written it where you're like, oh, this came from something that I don't want to be working from anymore. Or can you feel it as the words are coming out? Yeah, I think a little bit of both, interestingly. So there's been moments where I'll write something and it will flow out and I'll be like, oh, that felt really good because there was a sense of flow. There was a sense of um, it just happening, me not trying to, you know, me not sitting there going, right, I've got to write this page now. There's just the flow of the words being typed. But then I might go back and look at it a day or two later and, and see the evidence of the old story yeah. in it, in just little bits of it, like not necessarily the whole thing, but just a, a particular word or a particular sentence that is structured in a way um, mm-hmm. that, that feels like the old way. Um, but other times, yes, it's as it's happening. And that's the weirdest sensation because it feels like, well, I think we all have, don't we, that sense of control. Like when we're typing something, there's a feeling of I'm typing this, I'm in control of what's being written here. Yeah. And so it's like, um the only way I can describe it and I think it sounds kind of weird is like it almost feels like it starts in my forearms Mm. and comes up through my fingers and it's just happening autonomously and then I'm like oh no 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 this is not what I want delete 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 and I'm like back in control (laughs) and it's so strange (laughs) if that's the case is it coming from the act like it's coming from the Mm. thing that you're creating almost being transported up through your fingertips into you rather than coming from yourself yeah I I think it's like I think there's like a dual uh direction happening there like it's both coming from outside and and conditioned inside and I think it's interesting that it seems to start in my forearms because that's how I know it's not necessarily of me I feel like I've been shedding this layer and it's like it's at my forearms now <laughs> like, rather than the is like hanging by the sleeves 
yeah I mean, like, it's so interesting because I have, do feel like I've been taking this big layer off recently so to have that visual of like oh it's all the way down in the middle of my forearms now like I'm um yeah really ready to take it fully off and just seeing it come out through the writing is a good indication for me to slow down a little bit to go oh maybe there's more uh, space required before I write this maybe a you know maybe there's just um, a little bit more awareness a little bit more attention on taking this off before I before I write do you think it's possible do you think it's fully possible I mean I don't know I think that some of the stuff that comes in so just to make it a bit more real and give some examples of of what I'm talking about here um you know the old the old character the old way the old learning was about you know talking about people's businesses and talking about um what can we do here now in order to affect or change the the future right like in the business of your dreams create yes yeah create the life you love create what you desire manifest it's it's all of that kind of stuff and I've said from the very beginning of my business journey that I believe that there's nothing about people that needs fixing like I don't believe people need fixing and yet even though that's true what was coming out in writing in marketing and on websites was the opposite to that was was words that pointed to um people do need something something needs to change yeah Yeah, there's a problem to be solved there's a resolution to be found um and it's really sticky like it's really really sticky in my writing so um because I think that's all the marketing we see yeah there's no other because I know I know exactly what you mean and I I try to I've tried to think about doing it myself I'm not at the point where I'm really marketing myself in any way at the moment but um when I try to think of the alternative when I think about okay well how do we talk about business or how do we market ourselves from a place of the opposite of that it's almost like there's nothing quite there it's not (laughs) like it, it doesn't quite know how to express itself in me like I know the flavor of it I know the tone I know what I want but when it actually comes to the physical writing of those things in the creation of a headline or whatever, boom, straight back into the old tactics, straight back into like, there's a problem. We need to fix this, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it, it, that's exactly it. And I was, I was thinking like, where did this come from? And, you know, firstly, I traced back, you know, the first two to three years of my business, I spent many hours you know downloading freebies sales page templates watching webinars doing courses you know all of that research you know hundreds of hours probably in that world but I also think like what you're saying it comes before that it comes just from seeing marketing and being subjected to it my entire life um do you know just to pause for one second there I had the realization yesterday I was deleting a few um, or removing a few Instagram people who I follow 
um, and was just doing a little little pruning of the Instagram feed. Um, and I realized, because I was about to delete a load of people from school who I don't speak to anymore. And I was like, I, I'll just well, like unfollow these people. And then I realized as I was scrolling through the list, if I unfollow those people, everyone I follow is selling something. And it might be selling something that I like. It might be selling something beautiful or it might be photography that I really appreciate. Um, But they're still selling something. And that means that every time I'm on Instagram, every single photo or post or story that I see is somehow marketing to me. Even subliminally, (laughs) it's coming through. And I was just, yeah. I kind of had a moment like, whoa, everything. Yeah, because the the impact of that, right? Like the brain must process that in a particular way of, of like, oh, there's things we need. There's things we need. We're not quite enough. We're, yeah. you know, it's really, um, it relies upon that belief of like not quite being enough or something being able to be improved, doesn't it? Yeah. And a long time ago, I thought I'd like, I thought I'd solved it by removing the people who I didn't feel good about following, you know, that I didn't feel like their marketing was aligned with the way that, that I want to be marketed to. But I don't think I really realized that even the people who I like to follow are still like, even if I'm never going to buy anything, I'm still taking in marketing constantly. Yes. Is is fascinating, isn't it? I mean, on my Instagram feed, what I've noticed is I'm starting to resonate more and, and follow people who are sharing more educational content. And that is landing a lot nicer in my system. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because they're using their um their wisdom, their research, the time they've invested in learning yeah. uh, as their marketing, like rather than oh I've got this thing it's behind a locked door though like you need to pay me to get yeah, it and then yeah. unless you get it you're not good enough you know yeah. so like the educational stuff's a really interesting sort of way potential way that I'm seeing of, yeah. of, of another option um but yeah it's wild isn't it and I was getting to the point so as I've been moving through all this and realizing these things even more deeply and trying to write my website with this this lens or with the lens removed should I say um you know I was thinking well okay but if if I'm existing as a business um where I'm saying there's nothing wrong with you there's nothing you need to fix there's nothing that I have that you don't already know um then what is my business (laughs) you know what am I selling um yeah and the the place I got to with that inquiry was um you know I'm selling I'm selling space I'm selling time I'm selling reflection I'm selling great questions being asked I'm selling a space for conversation to happen and I was like oh yes let's focus on what's actually happening in a coaching conversation Uh in the moment right rather than what does coaching lead you to what are the outcomes and 
so I'm really shifting out of this and it's, it's so weird isn't it to talk about coaching in a way that isn't results focused or goal oriented yeah. um, because that's kind of the whole premise right? yeah that that's the model that's the reason for the industry that's it's it's root it's reason and yeah. uh yeah I think it's time to give it another reason to exist I guess it's the kind of difference between um, maybe selling or marketing a yoga studio versus marketing yoga clothing or yoga blocks Mm. or a mat or something like that, or even yoga as a fitness exercise. You know, you're kind of like, it's detaching from the materialism of the activity Mm -hmm. and instead selling, this is the space this is the people, this is the, the feeling you have when you're here. Yeah, it's, it's so true, isn't it? And I think, I think what's interesting for me is that as I talk more about the experience, as I talk more about, you know, how it feels to be really deeply listened to, how it feels to be reflected back and to be present, deeply present, deeply heard within a space, um, you know, I think that the people that are attracted to the work will probably change Mm -hmm. because in the past, it's almost like I've been like, well, let me talk about the result in order to, you know, galvanize a response. So people come into the coaching and then they have the experience that I'm actually really excited about. And, you know, I do think that, you know, being heard, hearing what you really feel, like with someone you know, without an agenda, without a, an opinion, yeah. um, it is powerful. It does create great results. Change does happen. But that, yeah, I want to kind of take the focus away from the results and onto the process. Yeah. Um, so it's been really interesting trying to trying to write from this place and like seeing quite how deep that conditioning goes of the other way. Um, so What's yeah, but the- I do. Oh, sorry. I- Sorry, you carry on, carry on. I was going to say, I do think there is like a movement. I do think there's sort of a, a shift, uh, a new breed of coaches, healers, therapists, that sort of thing, who are moving into this kind of space. And I think that's, that's really exciting for me. Yeah. You, one of the, um, I was a little nervous actually when starting the somatic coach certification because it just, I was really nervous that going into another coaching certification would be about yeah teach me more of the coaching that I was already rejecting Mm. but they said something in our very first module that was just almost like it was said as a as an instruction like a, a taught thing but very casually and it's really stuck out for me is that saying something as a coach saying something is always the second option and the yeah. first option is just to shut the fuck up and <laughs> not say anything to just hold the space to step back and to um to keep that that distance between you and the client so that the client can find their own thing can find the next thing that they want to say or that they want to take themselves into uh and it's so nourishing to me because it takes away the responsibility. Well, there's a big responsibility yeah. on a coach to hold that space, but it takes away the fact that like, 
I as a coach am meant to know something that the other person doesn't because I do not I do like there's just no way there's and there's especially no way that I can say anything that is going to um tell them something that they didn't already know better than they could tell themselves you know and it's it's just so such a more nourishing space such a more beautiful relationship between coach and client because there's no like teacher student you know reliance yeah I think that's so interesting because I totally agree and it feels like what you're talking about is less agenda like less of the coach needing something from the client and I think the word responsibility is really interesting because I totally agree with you like of course there's responsibility to hold the space to structure the session to create that environment but um in my opinion there's zero responsibility really on the coach for results or outcomes because once you get into that it becomes codependent it becomes an agenda it it kind of kind of ruins the magic of coaching for me to kind of put that on it so especially in a time frame like especially they are we're going to achieve these results within one month of working together or within one session it's it's just astounding to me that that's even used as a promise yeah yeah and I I guess this is leading me to an interesting question like do you think that society values actual coaching you know do you think society values space with another human being heard um being taken more deeply into your own truth like um (laughs) yes yes and I always think currently within our current boundaries of society within the current way that it's set up it will always fall behind the alternative Mm -hmm. method the alternative way of of coaching the the conditioned way of marketing that we were just talking about um it will lose out and it will seem less magnetic and less um aspirational because it doesn't fit those the current setup which is good I I want to move away from the current setup but then I have to acknowledge that it might mean that I have less clients or it might mean Mm. that for the um for the time that we're in these societal brackets that we that I have to accept that maybe I won't have these ridiculous 10k months or any of this stuff that doesn't actually mean anything to me anymore but it might yeah I have to remove that I have to take that away as an option and yeah not necessarily as a as a as a result you know it's not meaning that I'm going to be broke for my whole (laughs) life but it does mean that that's not the way that I want to market myself that that's not the way I want to coach and so I'm not Mm. going to put myself in the ring with the people who do Yes. Um, I have to have my own ring which can be a little lonely yeah but that's why it helps to have friends like you <laughs> You're also in their own ring with me <laughs> yeah yeah and I yeah I, I do I do have a sense that there will be a shift I think there'll always be there will always be um the selling of 
of, of money and um, success and, you know, whatever else it is as a idea of freedom, mm. you know, because really that's, that's how I see it, right? I see like, okay, the, well, there's like the, there's like the sugar-free freedom or there's like the full fat freedom. And, you know, yeah. sugar-free is like, yeah, the 10K months, the, the this somehow perfect body, the relationship, the house, the whatever it might be. Um, but I know people who have all of that and mm. are, are unhappy. And then, yeah. and then, you know, that isn't fulfilling in the way that they thought it would be. So I think almost over time, as more people reach those outcomes and see that that's not the answer, then maybe there'll be a shift um, that way as well. So maybe maybe yeah. that is, um, maybe those things are actually leading to their own demise in that way. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. I, I do wonder though, because I think, on an individual level, mm. I think if you truly experience it, if you truly experience um, what it feels to be in a space that's held by another person from that from, from that perspective, I almost mm. said from our perspective, and I don't want to make it like an us and them situation. Yeah. Because yeah. instead to me, it feels like, okay, they're perfect. They're doing their own thing. That mm-hmm. way of marketing thoroughly effective and mm-hmm. that's the kind of business that they want to have and it doesn't actually mean that they're not an effective coach yeah agreed it just means that it's not the way that I want to get my business like yeah. um I think we spoke about months and months ago now and mm-hmm. I have to keep reminding myself of this analogy of yes I could make loads of money printing loads of paper and mm-hmm. selling loads of paper to loads of people that need paper. And I could be very successful at selling paper. And in the process, I have to chop down forest upon forest upon forest. But you know what? I grew those trees so I can chop them down. <laughs> for me, it's not worth it to keep growing the trees and keep chopping them down just to keep making the money to make the paper or to keep making the paper to make the money. Yeah. For me... I would rather not make paper, not make loads of money, and instead just um I've lost my analogy. I can't round it off in a <laughs> but that I can just do it a different way. That's yes. my doorbell. Pause the pause the <laughs> recording. Um yes, it's just it's just not worth it to hurt the environment for me. It's just not worth it. And for some people, and even this is the way that sustainability is going now right where as long as you grow more trees it's all right to chop them down and Mm. to me that feels like it's still problematic it's still the exact same thing like we have to stop cutting down the trees just like no matter if we plant more no matter if we plant more it's still like it's a whole it's a whole massive conversation that but yeah no I agree with you though it's like um I had this line come through in my head. It was months ago now, and it was um, the ends don't justify the means. Yeah. And 
you know, I was at one point operating my business as if the ends did justify the means. Is it, well, let me just do this because then people will come and do this work and then I'll do the work I really want to do with them. And, and yeah. you know, and that was like, oh, but it's okay because once they get in, it'll be fine. It's like, actually, no, that's not okay to me. Yeah. And I was kind of, um, you know, bolstered along in that belief by people who say things like, sell them what they think they want and then give them what they actually need once they're in. And I, I can't subscribe to that anymore because yeah. I understand and I know that everyone who becomes a coach has good intentions. I believe that completely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And yeah, I mean, how could you not? Like, of course, mm -hmm. if you come into this type of work, you, you care about people and you want to help people. So, um, but that just, it's not true. Like it doesn't sit right because what about all the people who never come in and experience the true result and just feed off of the messaging and believe that to be the truth and that's really damaging. So, so yeah, this website is it's bringing up a whole load of stuff. Um, it's taken yeah. It's been on maintenance mode for so long and there's like a little bit of me sometimes that's like, come on, come on, come on, and I just I'm like, no, because that's that's the, that's the same voice yeah the voice that's like come on come on come on is the same one as the one who writes from my forearms so yeah. <laughs> um yeah do you have anything else you want to share on that before I ask you what's present for you right now I I mean there's a million things I could say but right yes. now you know <laughs> I think I think I'm yeah yeah me too that was that was so great thank you um what's present for you right now <laughs> okay um well so the module that we did uh, i'm just this is basically now becoming marketing for the somatic school which by the way is great <laughs> but the module that we did um uh, was called breath and voice and it was a module that was surprisingly enough based around breath and voice about <laughs> using your voice in different ways about um, using breath in different ways about the connection between the whole of your body your voice the um and not just like breath work like I when I've experienced mm -hmm. breath work before it's been very intense and very um very emotionally charged and the breathing was very labored very controlled very mm -hmm um repetitive structured and this wasn't at all that it was just about awareness of breath and just about mm. how we're breathing all the time <laughs> and what that means how it affects us blah, blah blah and it was amazing the the whole weekend was great but one of the things and actually this has come up again as we have been talking about recording and then coming into this session today is just how much weight how much resistance how emotionally charged it is to use my voice mm. like i even yeah. feel it um because i i work from home so i'm often on my own and i do tend to make noises a lot or i'll talk to a dog or i'll you know just say things out loud i'll hum along um little tunes but there's something about saying something official, saying something real aloud in a space, even mm -hmm. if you're the only one who can hear it. 
I, yeah. I, I, we had to learn a piece. We had to learn a, a poem or a song or just anything that we could use to like practice with our voice over the weekend. And I chose a, a amazing poem by a wonderful poet called Joy Sullivan. She is on Instagram. I love her. She's brilliant. But um, the first time I practiced on my own in my house with no one home, not even a dog, not even an animal, I was the only person who could hear me. It was terrifying. It was terrifying to actually allow my voice to come out of myself. Um, and I, I'm so interested by where that comes from. You know, I can feel kind of intuitively that there's a there's an attachment there around what it's like to speak out as a woman and to um, the millions of ways that voices have been uh, written off or struck down or cancelled mm. or anything over uh, decades and centuries, basically. But yeah. it, it's so interesting to see it actually occur when I try to use my own voice. It's so interesting. Wow, gosh, there's just so much richness to this, right? Because we could go in so many directions with this conversation. But um, just curious, because this is what it sparked within me. Did you do any like drama stuff as a kid? I did actually. Did. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did. I actually did drama as an A level, and oh, I did it at uni. I did English and drama studies at uni. Did you? I did not know that. How fascinating. Because yeah. I was thinking when you were saying that, like one of the one of the things I noticed is I was a lot more confident as a kid. Like I used to go to mm -hmm. like a Saturday drama club thing and we would put on these performances and things. And, you know, it was celebrated to project your voice like you were being taught how to really take up space hold the space hold the room with your voice and yeah. being celebrated for it and that was um I think a really great thing for me as a kid but I think when I think about it from today and like how different I feel than I did as a kid in that you know on that stage um I think council culture does play a big part of that and that's interesting right because to me what that's saying is what you say today is a static belief or a static perspective that you hold and I just don't believe that I you know Buddhism tells us everything is impermanent everything changes all the time and that's so true something I say today I could disagree within an hour let alone five years so yeah it's fascinating oh it's it's so yeah it's so huge and funnily enough even though I did drama at uni I think yeah. I actually lost that ability to be, um, to hold that confidence before I even finished the course. Like I moved, as I moved through the course, I went more into backstage and I did lighting, I did sound and I didn't plan it that way. Throughout uh, my A-levels, I was doing performances. Um, I ended up actually doing my final dissertation for drama on um video art installations so like totally removed <laughs> from um from acting and so I just I lost it I lost that 
ability and at school during my A-levels, you know, I was fine with performing and younger than that, I was definitely fine with performing. In fact, I was quite a dramatic child. (laughs) (laughs) Same. (laughs) But it just, whether it was expectation, whether it was kind of becoming, um, because I think that sort of age, like 18, you start to like actually feel like an individual up until then you're still moving through the school system when you go to uni at least I know you didn't but you you move away you moved away at kind of that similar age as well didn't you so yeah as you do that you have to find your own individuality you have to take care of yourself a lot more and yeah. with that comes expectations comes you have to stand in yourself you have to say this is who I am this is the things that I like and that I believe so I wonder if that's, you know, that weight that had that decision, you know, that we have to make at that time, the, the process of stepping into ourselves, we rub up on, on the edges and we think, oh God, I can't do that. I can't, like, if I was to stand, if I'm to stand in myself, I can't possibly stand with that, like with that, like confidence mm-hmm. or with that, um, that energy, I just can't, can't do it. So I think, yeah, I lost it. I lost it then. And now, as things become immortalized online, Mm. they are, you know, it's scary that you can't even delete something. You can't, you know, even if you do change your mind about something, if you're deleted, people can still find it. It's still there. It still gets, you know, and there's nothing, you know, aside from some photos of myself on my Facebook that I've probably <laughs> taken at uni when I was on the toilet or something <laughs> what, what do I think is going to be there but it's terrifying that yeah. it can it can happen that your your voice is immortalized and you actually even if you have changed your mind it's still there it's it's yeah. just scary there's a lot more there's a lot more weight now behind mm-hmm. what you say and having to really think through every single word, every single thing that you put out, which I think is killing, is destroying the ability we have to just say something without thought. I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's said to us, it's one of those cliches that adults always say to children, think before you speak. <laughs> Actually, oh my gosh, I wish I didn't. I wish I didn't think so much before I spoke yeah me too and I I think this is why like this is so fun for us just to have a recorded conversation with no agenda with no you know we can just go anywhere with it anything can be said we're not going to edit it after so this is a fun practice to kind of um be rebellious I guess in that way of like of having to control or manipulate what you're saying in order to be um safe accepted belong liked yeah um but there's something coming up for me around this conversation about um accountability versus like responsibility because I I feel like this may be a controversial statement but (laughs) (laughs) see the precursor's coming because I'm like people might not like this um I have a real deeply held belief that um, someone's actions, behaviours, words must make total sense for that being. Like, even when someone's saying something that seems terrible to you, right, 
the fact that they're saying it means that for whatever reason it's it's right for them like it makes sense for them to say that based on their lives who they are and so I'm like it's really difficult to say to then to then uh kind of villainize if that's a word yeah that person because it makes sense mm. it must do because they wouldn't if, be saying it otherwise yeah if I or you lived their exact <clears> life <throat> we would say the exact yeah. same thing yeah yeah and so then I think that they these people can be kind of can be accountable for that you know they can see oh I said this thing and perhaps it hurt people and I can understand how I came to be saying that and so there is like an accountability there but I think when we make someone like bad for what they're saying like that's a big problem for me I'm so against cancel culture for this reason because people are saying what makes sense to them so even if it doesn't make sense to you that's because of your differences so it's only going to take us further apart it's only going to separate us even more to have this kind of culture but I already think it's dying out a little bit I already think there's a bit of a rebellion against it that I'm seeing anyway yes I I do agree I do agree that that is um do I think it's already dying out I do because I think there is there are enough people who are saying no this is it's not I would even want to use the word humane. It's not humane yeah. to just chuck someone out of society right. because they said one, because they said a wrong thing. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I don't know whether the, the charge behind our current, you know, the charge behind that, whether the, because even speaking out against cancel culture is, inc- is said incredibly mm is said with weight and it's said with with strongly and you know it's that sort of pressured belief system it's that where like even people who are anti-cancel culture are anti-cancel culture (laughs) with their entire being there's no room for disbelief that there's no room for movement and so I think it's almost part of the same thread just another strand and yes like it's better because people it's not saying okay let's chuck everyone outside when they do a wrong thing mm-hmm. um but is it is it is it going is it going to end up any differently i'm not sure i'm not sure mm-hmm. and i don't yeah. i don't know what the answer is in that in that case yeah 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 i agree it's just yeah it's an interesting one and you know from my perspective i think um if people are scared to speak no progress can be made no 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 like we we have to be able to it has to be safe to say these things out loud because once you say them then there's the opportunity then there's the openness for a different perspective then there's uh, listening and understanding and reforming ideas and um, if people are scared to speak, what that what that means to me is that they stay stuck and rooted in their own beliefs. So they just keep them a secret, and that's yeah. even worse to me. So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I yes, I completely agree, <laughs> and I think there's this 
you know, we talk about negative beliefs as mm. being, you know, that we want to remove ourselves from them, that we want to create mm-hmm. an attachment from our negative beliefs. <laughs> and <laughs> therefore, <laughs> I think we have to do the same thing with our positive beliefs. You know, everything that mm. we think that we believe so righteously and mm. that this is the this is the right way to live it's the right way to create a society it's the right way to coach it's the right way to you know yeah I have to hold that lightly too I have to say I probably don't know I probably like that might change um and that is confronting because we want to believe that we're doing the right thing and that we're believing the right things that our beliefs can Mm. be solid but when you talk, you were talking about on your Instagram stories, was it yesterday or the day before, about how, um, say in your own words, do you know what I'm referring to? The, the suffering? Yes. Yeah, but yeah, someone commented, mm-hmm. replied to one of your stories, um, and you were just like, mm-hmm. okay, it might not be that story, but then it's no story. Yeah. You can explain better in your own words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah the the person uh, sent me a, a lovely dm saying you know i've found that i can uh, reduce my suffering because i the precursor to this is i was saying suffering's part of life you, you can't get rid of suffering and trying to get rid of suffering is a fruitless task that just stresses you out even more so yes. you can just accept that suffering's part of life and that actually um brings you into a state of peace anyway so that was the precursor and the person said you know I feel like I can reduce my suffering by um, seeing these stories that I have and questioning them and breaking them down mm-hmm. and I agree that there can be some relief in that I've definitely spent a period of time you know many years in my life like combing analyzing all of my beliefs all of my stories and, and doing all of that work on them um, but the way I described it was like, it's like the arcade game whack-a-mole, right? Mm-hmm. You knock one story down, another one pops up. It's never ending. You're just there like, bam, bam, bam. I'm killing it with all these stories. Yeah. You can do that your whole life. And, um, you know, that takes so much time. It takes so much energy. Sometimes giving the attention to those stories, in my opinion, actually strengthens them, um, makes them even more real, makes them even more painful. Yeah. So um yeah it's it, we can actually just go well what even are all these stories like I'm just gonna these are just stories they're just things that arise yeah. um so rather than sort of getting so attached to having to be perfect I think is where that comes from having to be free of all story and I I think as humans like it's just not a thing we can't it's, do that yeah it's not a thing it can't be it can't be a thing um yeah. Yeah, and the same therefore rings true for beliefs. You know, yeah. beliefs are changing, ever evolving. Um, the so therefore, there is no right belief that we can hold. There is no right thing that we can believe. And imagine a space, you know, we said, how can things change or how can we reach a, a, a coming together of people with different beliefs? And the only way potentially we could is for all of those people to sit in a room and not believe not and know that the things that they believe are not the be all they're not the end all they are then they're unattached and therefore conversation can occur and sharing can occur and connection and collaboration because each belief is not held as correct 
Yes. And I think like without getting too wild here and what I like to blown out, I mean, if we think about it, every single war that the world has ever had is about opposing beliefs, right? Like every single war starts with, I believe this and you believe that and I think you're wrong and I'm willing to fight you to the death for it. Yeah. Like attaching to beliefs that strongly creates so much pain and I I agree with you and I think that when we're deeply connected to our beliefs and we're holding on to them really strongly bluntly that's just the ego like it's that is all it is even the beliefs that seem good even the like holier than thou beliefs is still ego because it's saying like I know desire for the creation of a better world is saying I as an ego as a person can create a better world it's yeah Yeah. not to open the floodgates into a whole other conversation but I saw this a lot in the the vegan community where I I went vegan for three years I was really really ill um I just cannot be I can't be a vegan I I have to eat meat I'm my body is poorly when I go vegan no matter what supplements all this I did everything I could and you know saw it so much in that community of like we are right yeah we are right and there's no other option I'm unwilling to hear it and you know actually there's a lot of uh there's a lot of yes ands to that conversation so um Yeah. yeah I think if I imagine a peaceful world what I imagine is we all acknowledge that our beliefs and our thoughts and our ways of being are as a result of the life that this body mind has had and then there can be compassion there can be understanding and valid valid. therefore they're valid because yeah an experience that's true it's a life that's lived yeah couldn't be any other way and yet there can still be respect love friendship connection even if we believe different things as a result of our experiences so yeah yeah interesting we've solved it well (laughs) right there (laughs) one hour god what are these people waiting for? <laughs> joking, joking. Oh, yeah, that's the that's the thing. I think it's so interesting that you can start from one place. You can start by questioning, okay, how does it feel to speak aloud in an empty room? And you can end up in what is the uh what's the reason for war? God, it's just yeah, I love conversations that can take these twists and turns. Yeah, me too, so much. Yeah, and that can, I guess that can only happen, right, with that openness. That can only happen with yeah, just um, an unattachment to any one thing. Yeah. 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 Cool. That, I, I mean, that feels like a natural completion for me. Is there anything else yeah. that you feel like you want to share before we stop recording? I do not. I think that feels complete for me too. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.